Okay, it is 1.30 in the morning, and this Casey Anthony documentary is supposed to hit Peacock at 2 a.m., so we're getting all prepared for that. It's 2 a.m., and there is still no Casey Anthony documentary. It is now 2.45 in the morning, and there is still no Casey Anthony documentary. It's now past 3 a.m., and there is no Casey Anthony documentary on Peacock yet. And to rationalize my madness, it was said that tentatively it would be on Peacock at 2 or 3 a.m. depending on where you lived. Well, it's past 2, it's past 3, and it ain't up. It's now 4 o'clock in the morning, and my morning person husband is getting up. And there is still no Casey Anthony documentary on Peacock And I have been up all fucking night. Okay, for whatever reason, it wasn't showing up for me, but I have been up all night. It is the ass crack of dawn. It is officially up on Peacock, and we are about to take this journey together. I'm going to watch this documentary and then record my thoughts as I go. So it's going to be an all-day Casey Anthony docuseries situation today, and let's get started. All right, I just finished part one of this Casey Anthony new docuseries on Peacock, and part one starts off by showing how the production team moved into a small rental in an unknown location with Casey Anthony for a month in order to produce this docuseries. It shows Casey and how she brought several things to this house, obviously, because she's going to be living in it for the next month. And among the things that she brought to the house are pictures that she has of Kaylee or her and Kaylee. And it shows her hanging up this picture that Casey says used to be displayed in her parents' home. And it's one of her and Kaylee when Kaylee was really young. It also shows her holding up a piece of framed art that Kaylee drew and Casey talks about how she remembers when Kaylee drew this piece of art and breaking the crayons and all of that. One thing that stood out to me immediately in the opening scene is that Casey had her infamous Bella Vita tattoo on her shoulder that she got during the period that Kaylee went missing, but before authorities were notified. And she has it covered up with peony flowers and a half mandala which symbolizes growth and rebirth. I am going to do the world's quickest rundown of episode one and then cut straight to the chase which is what everybody wants to hear and that is what the fuck does Casey Anthony have to say 14 years later. Essentially the whole first half of part one is a trip down memory lane. They show clips from the news that were broadcasted back in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. They play Casey's first phone call from jail to Cindy. And two of the investigators from 2008, John Allen and Eric Edwards, get on there and they just briefly talk about the case from back then, how they think that whatever happened to Kaylee Anthony occurred on June 16th and how Casey's behavior became more erratic and she was out partying and getting tattoos and just all of the madness and how that occurred post June 16th. They mentioned the infamous Bella Vita tattoo that Casey got on July 3rd, which of course, as I mentioned earlier, was one of the first things that I noticed in the opening scene is that it was covered up. 
For a hot ass minute, it features Clint House and Cameron Campana, who were two of Tony Lazaro's roommates. And of course, Tony Lazaro was Casey Anthony's boyfriend at the time, but there was no new information there. It's all stuff that we have heard throughout the years. Now let's get into the bread and butter of episode one. If you've been wondering what Casey Anthony has been doing for money all of these years, that question gets answered. She says that following the trial, her biological family did not help her. However, the defense team helped her get back on her feet. And she says for the past 10 plus years, she has been working as a research investigator for Pat McKenna, who was the lead defense investigator on her case. And she says that she loves doing that job because she doesn't want to see people railroaded by media the way that she was. Casey admits she lied to law enforcement and that she is a convicted liar. She says today she is a little too honest, very blunt and direct, painfully so, which her boss... Pat McKenna verified saying that in over the 10 plus years that she has been working for him, he has never caught her in a lie. And seeing how he is an investigator, he feels like he's pretty good at catching people telling lies. Casey says when she lied previously, she always told a partial truth within her lies. She said she had worked at Universal and Annie, one of her friends, lived at the apartment complex that she took police to. So there was a kernel of truth within her lie that she had taken Kaylee to that apartment complex. And as we all know, all good lies have a kernel of truth. They then play for Casey Anthony her portion of the 911 call where Kaylee is reported missing, and that happened on July 16th, 2008, and Casey says that she has no emotion in that call, which was evident, and says that she admits that it was very weird and says she was so numb during so much of that. They continue to play the portion of the 911 call which Casey is featured on, and Casey gives her feedback on the call as it's playing. And if you remember, she of course blames the babysitter for kidnapping Kaylee on that 911 call, and Casey says that she did meet Gonzalez, who was a nanny, she just wasn't her nanny. Casey also drives interviewers to Universal Studio and parks in the parking lot just like she did back in 2008, and she tells them that while she is leading investigators to Universal back in 2008, she believes that Kaylee is okay. She thought that Kaylee was okay until the day they found Kaylee dead. She says that she lied to everyone because that was her whole life up to that point, acting like everything was okay, but that nothing was okay in reality. And she said that I have had years of therapy and I am trying to explain my behaviors, which are all a reaction to trauma. She said that she's been suppressing her memories from 2008. And she also said that saying all of this out loud for the first time is a very painful process for her. She remembers the detectives who she was with, and she didn't trust cops at that point in time, and she said that she was scared, and they said something like, oh, so you work here, and she hadn't worked there in over a year and a half, but 
She had, in fact, worked there at some point in time, and she remembers the interrogation room with John Allen, and they play a clip of the tape from back in 2008, and she lies again, saying that the babysitter was the last person to see Kaylee. Casey says, I made myself look crazy and gave law enforcement absolutely no reason to believe or trust anything that I said. There's no justification for my actions or behavior except to say I was doing what I was conditioned to do. Casey says that growing up, she lied more than she told the truth. And on the surface, her family was typical mother, father, son, daughter, your standard middle class American family. Mom was a nurse. Dad was a former cop, now working in security, and from the outside, it looked like they were the perfect family, and there were moments in time where that was true, sure, but she says that that was not the reality. Casey says that life at home was a lie and that telling the truth wasn't allowed in her home, and that all comes back to her dad, George. She said that George wasn't capable of telling the truth, that he wanted the world to believe that he was the patriarch of the family, that he supported the family, that he was the perfect husband and father, hiding that he wasn't actually working, and that in reality, her mom was the sole breadwinner who was working all of the time to keep the lights on and food on the table in their household. And she said that George actually took $60,000 out of Cindy's retirement and that he gambled that money away, but the story about how he lost that money has changed over time, allegedly, according to Casey. And she says her father was hiding the fact that he was having an affair, but they wanted this picture-perfect persona of their family presented to the world, and that was just not a reality, according to Casey Anthony. Casey mentions how she has nightmares and how they have become more frequent or worse recently leading up to the documentary being filmed, and she says that she has nightmares about her father holding her down and raping her. Casey alleges that when she was eight years old, her father started coming into her room at night, and she was physically hurt and scared, and she felt like she couldn't tell her mother what happened because she was told that her mother would get mad at her. She said that just before her 12th birthday, the abuse stopped, but then her brother Lee started coming in after she was 12 and abusing her as well, but that stopped around the age of 15, and she stated that her brother Lee never raped her, but it was close enough where there was a pattern. She said that she did not tell her mom about any of this until after she was 19 and had become a mom herself, and she questions whether or not her mom was actually aware of the abuse the entire time. Casey said that her mother, Cindy, was extremely controlling and that Cindy wanted her to look as young as she possibly could, and she had to be that perfect little girl even when she wasn't a little girl anymore. And Casey said that Cindy was always trying to create this image of what their family should be, which in reality was not how that household really was. And Casey said that she thinks that Cindy was lying to herself about the family unit because the truth was too painful and lying was just easier. They hand an iPad to Casey and they show her this excerpt from a clip of an interview that her parents were doing together post the trial. 
and it shows them arguing. And Casey says that this interview shows you the issues within Cindy and George's marriage. And the two are bickering back and forth. And George is saying, don't make this a personal attack. It's not about us. And then Cindy goes on to say that Casey learned this behavior from somewhere. And she's, you know, insinuating that Casey learned her bad behavior from George. Casey says that she replicated her father's behavior throughout the 31 days where Kaylee was missing, and she said it wasn't to protect herself from what she had done, but from the outside world and what had happened to her. And when she's asked about why she stole money, she said it was just a shitty mistake, and she admits that she used and manipulated those around her in an attempt to appear normal which was, of course, extremely abnormal, and she said that she didn't know how to ask for help. Interviewers then ask her about covering up her infamous Bella Vita tattoo, and Casey said that the Bella Vita tattoo was a fuck you to her family. She spent her whole life protecting the family image, and therapy has helped her realize why she got the tattoo during that time period, and it helped her voice why she did that, which was to speak out against her flawed and fucked up family. Casey then shows off a new tattoo that she has on the inner left side of her upper arm, and she says that it says, I hear your voice and all the sounds of the world, which she says is her Kaylee tribute tattoo. Casey then goes on to talk about the time period where she was pregnant with Kaylee and how when she was six months pregnant, her mother, who is a nurse, didn't admit to people that Casey was pregnant, even though she was obviously pregnant and Casey felt like her mother was embarrassed of this. And she said that her family would continue to say that she wasn't pregnant because that's what they all agreed to say, but she was obviously pregnant. And here's where the interview got interesting for those of us who have been following this case since 2008. And those of us that have been following since 2008, well, we had some questions like, who's the father of Kaylee? And how was she conceived? And why is no one talking about this? Well, in part one, Casey Anthony answers that question. Casey says that she was raped at a party when she was 18 and that Kaylee was a result of that sexual assault. Casey says that she got drugged at a party and she woke up with her top still on, but her bra had been pushed up over her breast and that her pants and underwear were on the floor and she could feel that she had just had forceful sex. That is what she says. She then goes on to say that she was scared and confused and she was full of questions herself. Had she consented to this? Did she not consent to this? She says she didn't report the alleged rape because she wasn't sure that anyone would believe her and she knows how no one is believed, especially when you were a girl drinking at a party. Casey said that she realized that she was pregnant as a result of the rape almost immediately, within a few weeks. Casey then goes on to say that Jesse Grund was the father, which was a man she had started dating around that time, and she realized that he wasn't really Kaylee's father based on the timeline, but she made the decision not to tell him that he wasn't really Kaylee's father 
and to let him believe that he was. And she let him believe throughout the entirety of her pregnancy that he was the father of Kaylee. But of course, a paternity test proved that that wasn't true. And she said that she never told him how she really got pregnant. And she then started the lie that Kaylee's father was an old friend of hers. Casey makes no bones about it. She admits that she lied to everyone and that it was fucked up. Now, there was one more interview featured on part one that was very interesting, and that was an interview with one of Casey's old best friends by the name of Annie. Annie talks about how her and Casey used to be best friends and how Casey started dating one of her friends in high school and they became quick friends as a result of that. She also shows her tattoo that says Kaylee Marie, and it's featured on her left shoulder, and she gets emotional discussing it, but she says that she got that tattoo in Kaylee's honor. Annie said that Casey was a good mother to Kaylee and that she does not believe that Casey Anthony killed Kaylee to go party. In fact, she doesn't believe that Casey killed Kaylee at all. Annie said that Casey was never the life of the party. In fact, Casey didn't even go out and party with them very much at all. And that media just took a few images from a few nights and blew them out of proportion. Annie thinks that an accident probably happened and that Casey did what she always did, which was lie. And she said when she was friends with Casey, Casey lied about everything, but she did tell small truths within all of her lies. They then hand Annie an iPad and they play part of a recording between Annie and one of the detectives from 2008, where you can very clearly hear Annie telling detectives that Casey told Annie that she was doing what they told her to do. She does state that she doesn't know who they are, but it is presumably George and Cindy, and then Casey says that she lied because she was doing what George told her to do. And that's the quick rundown for part one of this new Casey Anthony documentary, but I will say this. I have put all of my thoughts and feelings to the side, which is a lot, coming from someone who has followed this case since 2008. That's a whole shit pile that I've pushed over. But That had to be done in order to watch this with an open mind and give the best assessment possible that I could of this new docuseries. That being said, Casey is presenting a good story, especially to the new generation who is not familiar or as familiar with her case. Now, she has clearly had 14 fucking years to perfect her story for the public, but nonetheless, I can admit that she is presenting her case in 2022 far better than she did in 2008, 2009, 2010, and 2011. So whether you're new to the Casey Anthony case or old to the Casey Anthony case, because the generational gap there is going to be an issue when people are talking about this new docuseries, Just know that she is presenting her case better in 2022. Now, I got to get to watching part two so that I can then hop back on here and report about that. So I will see you guys in a couple hours. 